Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have with me a fabulous guest. She has been around the world transforming women, and I want to introduce to you the amazing Linda Shively. Hey, Linda. Thanks, Annika. I'm so excited to be here today with your amazing listeners, and I just want to give you a little bit about who I am. The okay. I've been, like you just said, I've been speaking all over, but what's really important is helping people be their best. And that's where my passion is. And I love seeing people just have that amazing joy that may be hidden. It may not be that first thing that somebody sees or that they realize is there and getting that uncovered for them. And it wasn't always that way for me. Because you see back in December of 2005, I had to make a tough decision. I had to figure out how to get out of an abusive marriage with my severely handicapped three-year-old daughter, Jessica. Jessica had a neuromuscular disease called spinal muscular atrophy, which is progressive. And at the time, there weren't any treatments. And she, oh my gosh, going back, she has so much joy. She has that sparkle in her eye, that little twinkle of mischief that I'm going to do what I want to do, <laughs> no matter what you think. And engage with other people, loved to read. Oh my goodness, she could not get enough about books. And she loved to laugh and would giggle and express herself with her animated eyes and eyebrows, which I cannot move anywhere close to how she could, but she could express no matter what. And the situation we were in wasn't safe. It wasn't a good place for me, and I didn't want to raise my child there, but I had no idea how to get out. And I finally made a plan. And on that Tuesday, I brought her home from preschool, put her down for a nap, and I looked at her nurse and I said, you pack her medical equipment. I'm going to pack her clothes and her toys. And as soon as she wakes up, we're going to escape. So after a flurry of activity while she was napping, we loaded up the van and left. And exactly two weeks later, two days after Christmas, I held her in my arms as she took her last breath and died. And from that moment on, I could have stayed stuck. I could have been in that horrible place and nobody would have blamed me. But I remembered what a friend of mine, Maria, what she had told me when Jessica was first diagnosed. She said, you cannot change what happens to you. You can only change how you deal with it. And I knew I couldn't deal with it on my own. And I sought help from coaches, from counselors, and did tremendous personal development for myself. And now I'm able to help other people transform their lives and continue to share Jessica's joy 
with other people because she brought so much joy into my life and isn't here on this plane to be able to share it directly. So I get to do that on her behalf. And so that's, that's kind of, that's why I do what I do. <laughs> that's why I'm here. And wow. I actually heard this story before, but it didn't dawn on me that you do this. Your why is because of her joy. And then it just comes full circle and it completely makes sense. But what I want you to do now is tell everybody, who are you? Who am I? That's such a big question. <laughs> because I am an amazing person who loves other people. I'm so curious. I'm fascinated by how we work, why we think what we do, and why we get stuck in the ways that we get stuck and what can we do to get out of them. And witnessing other people's transformation just lights me up. That's like the best description I've ever heard in my life. Because, you know, it's, you never know what you're going to get when you ask that question. And I ask it vaguely because I want to see where the mind goes. And you're an NLP, so you actually do the same thing. You're, you're there. <laughs> and it's because I, I just, you know, we, we often identify ourselves by our roles. And so a lot of people may say, I'm a mom, or I'm a wife, or I'm an entrepreneur. But I want to know who you are, because your journey, from what we hear, started with Jessica and an abusive relationship and her death. But what's interesting is that we actually have different seasons. You know, we have different versions of ourselves. So before all of that, who was Linda? There were many layers of who I was because I was a little kid. And yep. I, was a, I, in high school, had the opportunity to work with the adopted PE department at my local community college. And I had the chance to work with developmentally challenged individuals in a, in a peer group. And the experience, those experiences gave me a lot of insight that I had no idea how it was going to play out in my life, but knowing, meeting people who, were paraplegic, their legs didn't work, and they were in wheelchairs on professional tennis teams. I was like, wait, what? How? Huh? <laughs> How does that work? You know, you, you, but you can't yeah. walk. And that was my eye-opening experience to realize that different abilities don't make people not people. And yeah that served me quite well. <laughs> I didn't realize quite how. And I think, you know, having that experience as a, a teen gave me a lot of insight into how I could be in this world and how I can help other people have that inspiration. You know, like, don't let anything stop you. And it's, it's interesting how a lot of us have an experience, like one experience that changed the trajectory of our lives early on. And, you know, people will ask you when you were little, what did you want to be when you grow up? And a lot of times, yeah, you had an image, but then there was an experience. And then after that experience came another experience. And then there was another experience, you know, you may have one experience that led you to what you were doing in college. And then in college, something came and said, 
boom shakalaka, like, no, <laughs> I'm not going. And then we change our majors. I don't know how many times. And then you come out of that and then you go into the world with what you think you're going to do. And then you change that again. Then you go get another certification and maybe another degree or maybe, you know, a couple businesses, you know, but it's funny because a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves to, to make a decision and stick with it, you know? And, and instead of letting these opportunities and exposures influence their next move, they get stuck in that one move, you know? And so what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, you have to embrace your experience, even parenting, even relationships, you know, and then make moves accordingly after that and continue to grow from it. Is that what you're saying? Beautifully said. <laughs> because we... We can't change what happens. Mm -mm. And so things happen and our choice or our responsibility or our possibility is what do we do with that? Do we stay stuck and miserable and depressed and sad and woe is me, life is horrible? Or do we shift it and use it for good? Exactly. You, you just gave a great definition of stuck because, you know, everybody uses that term stuck, but you said miserable, you know, depressed, lonely, you know, it, a lot of people don't realize they're stuck. Right. Right. And, it, and if things aren't going the way you want them to, and nothing is really changing, know that you have an option. True. You might you might not know how to do it, but just even that belief that there is a way can start opening it up. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, you study brain and mind function. You have studied it for over 30 years. You have a psychobiology degree from UCLA. Now, I'm good with the psychology, but you had the biology in there and I'm just intimidated. So you have to tell us how in the world did you get into that field and then get a certification, master life and executive coaching, and then master <laughs> practitioner of NLP, which is even more intriguing. You you don't scratch the surface. You go all the way under water in deep sea <laughs> so you have to explain i was trying to dig down to your motivation of of how you do that because those aren't accidental accolades those are a, a, a deep deep decision to go deeper and to figure out the mind so tell me how what led you down this path well it's funny that you you started off saying people change their major and do so <laughs> i I, I went in as undeclared. I had no idea what I was going to do. I took classes in Russian history. I took classes in, I mean, I was like, cool, I can learn about all these things that I didn't get to learn in high school. Let me just go wild. And then it was came to a point where I really had to make a decision of what my degree was going to be. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm going to be a psychology major. And all my friends are like, well, 
course you are. Why didn't you just do that in the first place? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and at the time I thought, well, I kind of want to go to medical school. So what classes do I need to take for pre-med? And what classes do I need to take for my major? And I looked and I said, oh, okay, if I do psychobiology, then I don't have to take a whole bunch of extra classes. So I'm going to do psychobiology. <laughs> so that's honestly how I came to that major. And I loved it. And there were, I loved the cognitive psychology. I loved figuring out how the brain worked and what was going on with it. And my first job out of college was probably the absolute closest to my major that I have ever had. And I worked in qualitative electroencephalograms. So oh, we did, wow. We did, you know, where you put that, that skull cap on with all the different spots on it. And we looked for, we worked with people who had brain injuries and did analysis of what was going on with their brains. And that was really interesting. It wasn't my life path, but that was a fascinating yeah. way to get to understand a little brain. bit more about the brain. Yeah. That, that sounds interesting just for the simple fact that I'm stuck in the psychology right now. I'm in theory. So I'm, I'm, I just wrote on humanistic psychology versus um, psychoanalysis. So looking at the history of psychoanalysis. Um, but you did hands-on, like that's awesome because it does, it, it's one thing to learn about what the mind can do, but it's another thing to see it, you know, because right. we spend our lives convincing people that the mind has the power that it has. And oftentimes because they can't see it, they don't believe us. We're like, no, it really has the power to change everything. And they're like, yeah, right. And we're like, you need a growth mindset. And they're like, for what? You know, they don't <laughs> believe us. <laughs> <laughs> so when you put the biology within, you're able to see it. And I think sometimes that's what, you know, that's what makes it so hard for people. Change is not, you know, they can't predict it per se. They can't touch. It's not tangible, you know? Right. And, you know, when I have clients that have these mind-blowing experiences and shift their lives and are able to take the actions that they weren't able to take before, they're like, how did how did we, how did I do this? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's like, it seems like magic, yet it isn't. It's the power of our mind and how we can shift what we're thinking and get ourselves out of the box that we've created for ourselves. And expand I hate the box. Thinking. I hate the box. <laughs> I swear I hate the box all my life I have never fit in it I've always had like a head sticking out or an arm that won't go in or something it just, I just never fit in the box it just either it was too small it was too the box just never fit and I finally gave myself permission to do away with the box you know and I think that's what a lot of people have to do you created your own path and I'm sitting here looking at you know certified laughter yoga leader you know and I've seen you I've seen you do it and I was sitting there and I was like wow but there are a few things that we cannot avoid laughter yawning sneezing there are those things that are just biologically um, you know, they change the trajectory of your life. And um, even recently, I've learned about the jumping jack. I mean, you can be 
in any kind of mood you want to be and you do a jumping jack and it just changes the endorphins and everything in your body. It resets, you know? And so when I saw you do the laughter, it just took my mind to a different place that there are things that you can do to switch your mindset instantly. Yeah. Well, what you're talking about is state. And I'm not talking about Hawaii or California <laughs> or Texas. I'm talking about like your, your physical and emotional state. And when you physically move or do something different, so laughing, doing jumping jacks, all of that will instantly shift your state. Now, if you are laughing, it's really hard to be depressed. And if you're, if you're smiling and so some, one of my clients the other day said, it is impossible to stay upset if you're skipping. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. I, I invite you if you, if you are, if you're able to skip. Even <laughs> watching somebody. Think about it. Just even, yeah. So I was thinking about it just now and I'm thinking even watching somebody skip because my seven-year-old is overactive and mm -hmm. the things that he does, I smile. I can be in any mood, but just watching him do certain things, you cannot not laugh. You yeah. cannot not smile. You cannot not change your mood just based on, you know, his goofiness or his happiness. Sometimes his happiness is contagious. And yeah. even on my tiredest of, he does it mostly when I'm tired. You know, and it's like, you know, would you just sit down somewhere and he does something and you cannot help but just, you know, be elated. It just, it's natural. Yeah. Well, little kids do silly things and they, they haven't gotten to the point as teenagers or adults who are like, mm, I gotta be serious, I can't we laugh. Overthink. I it's, or overthink it or who, what is somebody gonna think if I'm laughing? No, yeah. kids just laugh because it's funny. And it's, yeah. you know, no. The good old days. <laughs> However, <laughs> we still can do it as adults. We don't have to wait for something funny or silly. We can just laugh. <laughs> I was just thinking how we missed the moment so many times because we're busy overthinking. Yeah. You know? Come and gone, and we're still thinking about it. It's you know, we ruined so much. Oh, but you know, it. I, I just, I've I've learned, you know, in my late, I'm approaching forty in a few months. I've learned, you know, to let things go because I've spent so long overthinking everything, every decision, every thought. I mean, I've overthought my thoughts. You know, and so now I'm, you know, I, I'm really on a mission to help people be happy just because you can, you know, why give yourself all these reasons of why you can't pursue whatever it is or be goofy or wear what you want to wear or shave your head off. I cut my hair off yesterday. I just stop overthinking, you know, because we ruin so much as we've just discovered, you know, and, and we wait, we wait too long to shift. And I love that you use the word shift because I'm, I'm over a lot of the life coaching words and I've been on the thesaurus all day trying to find other words. Cause people, I know people are like, ah, everybody says you're stuck. Well, I mean, you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I tried to emphasize you breaking it down. Cause even when we talk about depression and anxiety all the time, I finally realized in my messaging that some people really don't understand what those words mean. 
you know? And so now, you know, I'm really trying to help people understand the simplicity behind things. If you're mm-hmm. unhappy, if you're sad, you know, but I want people to understand too, that it's natural to have those feelings. Just don't stay there. Right. Well, every emotion is totally normal and natural to have mm-hmm. for about 90 seconds. I was about to say, and then some people don't have them and that's not normal or natural. <laughs> so we gotta, we gotta go both ways. Yeah. So, so to actually experience them and be able to experience them, their ebb and flow is about 90 seconds if you let it just go through you. However, most of us have learned that, oh, I can stay upset. I can stay depressed. I can stay miserable. I can stay happy. I get whatever it is and continue that. Now, if you want to be in the joyful, happy place for longer than 90 seconds, fabulous. If you want to stay in the miserable place, it's okay if you really want to, but you don't have to. And I think that's what many people don't realize is they think they're supposed to, or they think they're, they have to. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there are certain times of our lives where something really is horrible and goes wrong. And in that point, you need to process all of it. But even then, you still have the, the flexibility of emotion to be happy even in the midst of grief or in the midst of trying times. And I think that's, that's something, because I've, I've had the experience with many people who just either feel like they shouldn't be happy because they had something horrible happen or feel guilty that how can I actually feel good because this I'm tragedy I'm supposed to be happened. sad right now. Yeah. supposed to be sad. Or that some, they can't be happy because they think somebody else is going to be judging them for being yes. happy. They think they're supposed to be sad. And then, yep. and then the flip of, well, why aren't you happy yet if you're still miserable when, I mean, we can't win. <laughs> You've made me think of so many scenarios. You're absolutely right on all of it. The thing I wrote down, there was two things you said that's, that got me, but you said the flexibility of emotion. And that's so real. Um, we, we don't give ourselves the, the opportunity to be flexible because like you said, we're constantly worried about somebody thinking that we're not doing it right. We're not feeling right. And mm-hmm. that, I think that's the struggle that everybody has at some point or throughout their entire life is that you're not feeling right. According to this person, according to that person. And this is very true, especially if you're around toxic people, you know, right. when we go to, when we make the decision to shift. The people around us don't necessarily make that decision with us. Right. And the hardest thing that we face is shifting and growing when our environment is not shifting and growing and our community is not shifting and our family is not shifting and growing with us. And I think that is the challenge that most people face because I think it causes people to regress. That just, I was thinking of a client that I was working with recently who has, she is working very hard to, she wants it to the personal growth, to be the amazing human that she is. And there are elements around her that 
keep pulling her back. And so what you just said is, is very true. And it's, it, on the flip side though, often when one person starts making the change, people around will start to also change. They don't have to, but they sometimes see, huh, how come, how come she's happier? What? She looks different. She looks different. What's going on? Or, you know, that may, that may cause somebody to choose to change, or it may draw in other people who are kind of at that same wavelength. And, you know, because we tend to be like the five people we spend the most time with, figuring out if the people in your life right now maybe aren't the people who are encouraging that, <laughs> how can you get that some other way? Is it in some other community? Is it a book that you read? Is it something you listen to? And having that messaging coming into you so that you're around or influenced mm-hmm. by the people that you want to be influenced by, as opposed to staying in the energy that may not be serving you. I'm just listening to this because I remember for years when I wanted the change, but I didn't want to do the work because that meant letting go of so many people and then thinking that they were going to think that I think I'm all that because I'm not hanging around them anymore. And I think that's the hardest thing is that when you make the decision to change, it comes with a sacrifice, but it's not necessarily a sacrifice. It's a win because the minute you start doing the work and the minute you start you start shifting, you feel lighter. And once you're lighter, you can laugh more. You can smile more. You can stop thinking so hard. You can stop worrying. I think for me, that is the biggest change is I stopped worrying so much, you know? And then that's, that's contagious because when you look different, when you get to a certain level of change, I think that's when it's just infectious. You know, it's people can't, they cannot question anymore if it's good or bad. It's like, oh yeah, I want what she got. (laughs) (laughs) And initially, I think what you were saying is very true. We, where we think, oh, so-and-so is going to feel bad that we're, different or changing or maybe not spending as much time or something. What I've noticed is the people that are more similar in growth mindset seem to be attracted. And the ones who are less into that seem to kind of go by the wayside. They dwindle. And it's, it wasn't like I had to do anything to make that happen. It just, happened and it's not that i don't like the people and if we are doing something together or talking we still can but it's not as frequent and you know that energy is different and new people are coming in to my life that are bringing that you know curiosity and energy of yeah growth that alignment is just Mm -hmm. you know if you've never had alignment and then you have it you'll never go back. 
<laughs> I tell everybody, it's just like your car. There is nothing like driving a car and something's not right. Both sides aren't the same and you're knock, knock, knocking and you're driving and it's just not right. And then all of a sudden you get it fixed and it's like, oh my goodness, next time I won't wait three months. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go immediately. And I'm not going to have this happen again because I like when my car rides like this. It's the same thing, that alignment. It is just life-changing. Mm. All right. Can you tell everybody you have a stop self-sabotaging challenge starting on the 22nd? Can you tell us about it? Yes. So if you are finding yourself sabotaging yourself, if you find that you're getting in your own way and you're not knowing how to get out of it, if you're not managing your time the way you want to, or you're believing all those voices that are in your head or coming from outside that maybe aren't serving you all of that is what we're going to be talking about and it's going to be fun and it's going to be you know enjoyable it's a great community and i'm super excited to have anyone who wants to stop that self-sabotage to, to join us and you know we'll have we'll have the link in the notes <laughs> so I'm just shaking my head because I am the queen of sabotage. Oof. <laughs> I just have to shake my head like over and over again because you're talking to me. And, and it's so interesting because I, I really try to break it down to people is that, you know, when we use these concepts, it doesn't mean in every aspect of your life. Mm-mm. It just means in that one area that's holding you back from everything because it is because we are overthinking. I am doing things now that I have been waiting on for four years. And it's, it's, you know, I have rationalized and rationalized and derationalized and re-rationalized and it's just like, let it go and just do it. Be done. Done is better than perfect. I'm working on that, you know, and I know I'm not alone. And that's why I always say these things out loud because everybody thinks that us as entrepreneurs, that we have it all together. And I, I love to be transparent and tell everybody, no, we all face these self-sabotaging, no matter how successful you are you still sabotage. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, we all know better. Like we know, here's what we need to do. <laughs> and we look at that list and we see all those things we need to do. And we print it out again and again. And, I then, and we write it again. We print it. We have it done a spreadsheet. We do whatever, what? And, and it's still not getting done. <laughs> and then we email it out to our clients that they better do it. And then we do it again. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. Um, they don't know. But yeah, I'm doing the same. We're doing this all in this together. Yeah, because it's, it's just real. But you know what? I think it's a, a manifestation. It's a, it's a result of, of growth because, you know, as we grow and as we set out to do new things, it is intimidating because we're, we're getting out of our comfort zone. We're not complacent and we're pushing ourselves. And that's why we have to do it in a group because we have to have accountability to keep us from falling backwards and telling ourselves, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll launch that next week. Oh, I'll set it for the new year. You know, no, we need to really, really like hold ourselves accountable. And if we're not capable of self-accountability, that's why we have these groups to do these things together because it really does make the difference. Yeah, and, and what you, I mean, just talking about the new year, Every, every new year, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to do, and I have this huge lung. Oh, this is, this is the year that everything's going to be magical. My belief is you can start now, like in this moment, or, you know, it's like, you don't have to wait until the beginning of the year. You don't have to wait until 
your birthday. You don't have to wait until whatever magical day. It's like, okay, maybe this morning didn't go the way you wanted it to. Start the day over now. Right now. That's right. I love it because I'm sitting here laughing. This is what, February 10th that we're recording this. And I don't even remember what my resolution is. I have no idea. When you started saying the new year, I every year I set out to, oh, I'll change January 1st. I have no idea what I said this year. So guess what? That means I have to start today. And I, I have been. I have been going like wildfire this year. And I was determined to make this year better than last year because we can always put a label on it. Oh, COVID messed everything up. No, it didn't. It gave us time to, to, to really reflect. It gave us time to do the work. It gave us time to sit still. It gave us time to do all the things that we've been avoiding. We've been saying, oh, we're too busy to do this, or I got to go here. I got to go there. Well, guess what? You don't have anywhere to go now. So what's your excuse? And that's a great point is sometimes people said, oh, when I have time, I will do and like whatever the project is. And it's been how many months that we've been? We all got slapped. Those projects still haven't gotten done. We got slapped in the face. What's your excuse now? <laughs> like, okay, that. So those are examples of self sabotage. <laughs> you know, Ab- like, absolutely. But does it really need to happen? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. You know, no. but the, the thought that it does, or thinking, you know, how we have to do what we do, and make it make it fit into like that box we were talking about, where your head's sticking out of your arm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, telling you. I used to try to fit it all in the box. And then I finally said, guess what? I'm a unicorn and I can be a unicorn. There's room for me too. <laughs> you know, we got to stop pressuring ourselves to be what we think we're supposed to be and just be who we are and be better at it. Yeah. Be, the, be, be your best you and yeah. not, not have to be somebody else's. Don't be somebody else's you. I like that. <laughs> all right. Can you tell everybody how to find you? Yes. The best way to find me is at my website, which is lindashively.com. And the other thing I just wanted to share with everybody, because I know we were talking before we started recording, people are stressed. People find that they're not getting themselves grounded. And yes, we're home all the time or we're, you know, but are you really taking care of yourself? And so I've found a meditation that I like and I listen to, even though I recorded it, <laughs> that helps me ground. And I want to give this to your listeners. And it's just, it's an everyday meditation. It's about 10 minutes. So you don't, you don't need to dedicate an hour to meditate. I mean, longer is better, but just quick way to get yourself grounded and feel refreshed. And so you can, you can get that at myjoydrivenlife.com forward slash Annika. All right. And I will put that in the, the description too. Yeah. We'll put those in the notes, but just to be able to meditate and have it be easy because <laughs> meditation is a practice. It is. When I first started meditating, it was like, my mind was spinning and I'm like, how, how do people quiet their mind? Well, it's not necessarily about quieting it. It's just allowing it to, to be wherever it is. Yeah. I've, I've, 
I grew up with a meditation center in my house and I hated it because as a kid, you know, you just don't want to do it because you're being forced to do it. And in the last couple of months, I started meditating again and I'm different. Like I, I am able to manage my mind, which, you know, for people that, you know, are creatives or have ADHD or overthinkers or have high IQs, it's really hard to slow the mind because you come up with such great things and you don't want to lose it. You want like, you try to catch all those thoughts. You're like, wait, wait, that was a good one. What was that again? You know, and you got to just try to get it. And so now, you know, I'm excited about this meditation because I'll definitely do it. Um, I've actually been listening to classical music while I'm doing content. And I was a musician for 20 years. And of course I played the classical, but I never listened to it. And um, yeah, I'm finding new, new passions lately on ways to really, really tap into, you know, to, to nurture, you know, the part of my brain that I want to use. Because I think so often we get into habits, you know, old habits. You know, we do what we've always done and not what we know that we need to do to get the results that we're looking for. Right. And those, those habits can also be patterns that just continue over time. And they're either learned or they were super helpful at some point in our life. And maybe they're not anymore. We've outgrown them. Yeah. And if they're not helpful, but you feel yourself stuck, that famous word that we're using, mm-hmm. and you want to shift it, it's possible. And that's, that's what I help people do is break those patterns so that they can get out of that cycle. Break the cycle. That's right. All right. Do you have any last words for our listeners? I want you to know that you can change. You have the power to be the amazing person that you are and to let that out and to just allow that joy to be within you. Joy. Love it. When I think of Linda, I think of joy. <laughs> and you guys can learn more about the joy still in dragons by the amazing Linda Shively on the virtual success summit. So I will also have that link in the description. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. This has been so much fun. All right, listeners, thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power with Anika. You know what I'm going to say? Stay powerful.